of EFG, LFG, PST. My name is Steven Dutzman. I am your host, as always, and I am joined by my very good friend of way too long, Dana Brown. How are you? Oh, I'm doing fantastic today. How are you? I am doing pretty good. We got a great show today. We just met for, as my son pointed out to me, 35 minutes to prepare for this show. And Luck favors the prepared, right? Luck favors the prepared. You are a progression raider, so you know all about spending really tedious time preparing for one big thing. And that's what this is. That 35 minutes was essentially our daily quests. Uh, yeah. to, and we only meet once a week, so it's fine, everybody. I'm ju- <laughs> my son is judging me from my left. So what I thought we would do, Dana, is I think we got to start every week, just like we did last time, with story time, where we can talk about some of the fun and goofy stuff that happened to us either in Raid or WoW-related or potentially otherwise. And I want to talk about our daily quest experience. What was it? Was it yesterday or was it the day before? I think it was yesterday. Yeah, it was. Because I did not realize that you had so many characters. Because yesterday was get money with the fishes day. Yep. <laughs> so talk about that. Tell me what happened yesterday. Tell, oh. tell Help me tell the joke. So um, I signed in just to kind of see what the emissaries were. I don't tend to do any of the ones that are like war resources or Azerite power. Because those are kind of extra right now. And I don't really, they're not necessary. So usually the ones that I do are gold related or if they're the 445 armor caches for like my lower characters, then I'll do those. But the gold ones I tend to do on everybody. So I just happened to sign in and what the new emissary that came out was for 2000 gold. And I was like, all right, guess I'm going to run the train. And I started doing my main character and then I had flipped to my second character, I think at that point. And you were just like, oh, are the goats going swimming? And it took me about 15 seconds to realize what you said and what you meant because we say swimming because Najatar is a underwater or like corally naga place and then all of my characters tend to be draenei or goats so and i'm also considered like goat too in our group so my goats went swimming yesterday for gold i just saw you logging in as all these characters and there were characters logging in i was like who is this person and then i looked i'm like oh it's another draenei gotta be neff and <laughs> So I had to make some kind of comment on it because you don't normally do emissary quests, and I know that you don't normally do emissary quests, whereas I sure. generally do all of them. As we talked about last week, yeah. the only ones I don't do are the Azerite Geodes. I do just about everything else. And I had to make some kind of comment because you really do have a lot of Draenei. Yeah. And I also did not realize that Draenei could be monks, and that just seems like a male Draenei monk seems really interesting to me because they're huge. They are huge. <laughs> Yeah, it's a weird proportion for uh, somebody who's supposed to be very agile. Can Torin be monks? That's a great question. I don't know. Hey, guess what? I have the internet. I'm going to find out. People are sitting here going like, because they absolutely are listening. and like, we totally know that you can. But I'm going to check because I'm very curious. I would say so. Yes. I'm on Wowhead. Every race but Goblin, Worgen, and Lightforge Draenei. That's just mean. That's just mean. But a Draenei monk and a Torin monk just seems really interesting to me. Just the size. (laughs) Just because they're so darn big. Uh, And I'm sure there's some... And, you know, frankly, Kul'Turin male humans also are huge. But I find Kul'Turin male rogues funnier, I think, than a monk. I don't know. Kung Fu Panda taught me that you can be a fat guy monk. But... True. 
Kulturan, I saw a Kulturan male male rogue, mm-hmm. and I about died oh. because it's just like this. Because he's just this really big dude, just you know, <laughs> the knife. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, oh, you can be super sneaky when you're super large. Super large. So my funny story is less of a funny story, but so I had a tutoring session with a Brutosaur owner. Because I wanted to learn how to make gold. So I messaged someone that's in our guild and said, hey, when you get back from vacation, let's sit in Discord. And I would like you to show me 5% of your ways. Because I'm never going to be good enough to get a Brutosaur. That's nuts. But I would love to be able to like pay for another account so that like my kids could play. Yeah. So she taught me. And so what I spent almost all of yesterday doing was spending my time and resources helping to level my... I, because the, the first step is to get a bunch of alts, which I have, and now, then you're supposed to get all of the professions covered, which I did, and then you're supposed to just methodically level them up one by one. So I did my tailor, and now I'm working on my uh, leather worker. And I did not know that there were like interesting and weird like quests to do hmm. as you leveled up through professions. So. I leveled up tailoring and I logged out to go switch over to my main so that I could buy some stuff on the auction house. And then all of a sudden I logged back in and it was like this crazy person just standing in front of me <laughs> talking about time. And I was like, what is this? And so I started doing it. I had no idea what was going on. I was like, I'm just here to make backpacks. What are we talking about healing time? This is weird to me. And so I asked in guild chat and they were like, oh yeah, they asked stuff to these quests so that professions were not boring. And I was like, I just wanted to make backpacks. Can I just not? And they were like, well, you kind of got to do it. <sighs> Run around doing like all this stuff. It was a wild ride, but I did make some backpacks. So that was good. Well, good. Turns out backpacks are not as, as difficult to make as I thought they would be. Oh, well, that's good. I don't know. I just had it in my mind. They were like crazy expensive to make, et cetera. And it turns out you make a pretty good profit selling them backpacks. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you have the time to actually go and farm the materials that you need to make them, it's pennies on the dollar for what you get back for them. I think you might actually be able to even make a decent margin just buying the stuff. I figured it out. Yeah. I think. But the problem is you can't put a million backpacks up there, but right. it was it was an interesting experience and an economics lesson that I was not particularly interested in having yesterday, but <laughs> it started I started to see the matrix and it got a little weird. Kind of how it feels like there's this complicated system in front of me and like I touched it and it started to make sense and I was like, "Nope, not now. It's 11 o'clock at night. I just want to do something." So. <laughs> And apparently then I went and started unraveling time. I found myself in the caverns of time just doing some stuff. And I'm like, oh, were you doing stuff with Chromie? No. Oh. Chromie is the, the gnome, right? Mm-hmm. No, it was somebody else. I don't even know yeah. who it was. I was very confused. <laughs> but it was, I mean, it was interesting. It's cool. It makes professions more interesting. The fact that there are quests to like make things better or to get additional ranks in gathering professions, I think that's neat. Yeah. And a new addition, it makes professions way less passive. But it still caught me off guard because some of them made sense. Like, oh, yeah, go farm these turtles so you can learn how to get scales better. That makes sense to me. But like saving all mankind by traveling in time is was interesting yeah (laughs) so when i asked you if you had any other stories to tell me you actually said that from a world of warcraft perspective your week was very boring because of some other reasons and one of them made me very hungry oh yes so um 
I ended up missing one of our raid nights this week because I had some of my coworkers over and we've still been actually going into work because we're healthcare workers. So we actually have to go in. So they came over on Thursday and I made homemade chimichangas for everybody, which you have had before. I have. And I was very jealous because I was really (laughs) like, holy crap, I want one. And um, so we just kind of got to hang out, decompress and just, you know, chit chat and stuff. So that was that was pretty nice. That was a nice break up to the chaotic week of work. Yeah, I bet. And you guys were all kind of commingling your germs anyway, so what's the difference? Right, yeah, like we're already in each other's faces all the time at work, so it's not like we're contaminating each other here. Yeah. Did you you sent Barondor away? Yeah, I mean, he intermingles every once in a while, but not terribly so. Well, I mean, he's he's got like 47 characters, so he's got work to do. <laughs> Almost at all times. Talk about somebody that has got, that had to bring the goats to go fishing. Right. I don't even know if he has any goats, but he had to bring them all fishing. So does he have any goats? If he doesn't, he needs to get one. No. I think he's got a night elf, a human, another human, another human. He- yeah, they're he's, all they're all humans. <laughs> he needs to get he needs to get a goat out of respect to you. <laughs> I think. Fair, fair enough. So so that's story time. I mean, we. what's crazy about this is there's not a lot for us to really experience that is new or novel or interesting by nature of the fact that this expansion is two years old plus. Right. I suspect that story time will get way more interesting as we are uh, leveling our characters. Oh, yeah. Expansion, especially as we are mucking around with all four of these covenants. I still haven't figured out where I'm going to put everybody, although I think Dorngard has to be Kyrian now that I found out that their Kyrian paladin ability is the ability to holy shock five things at once. Yes. <laughs> that sounds really good. Yep. And yeah, my my uh, paladin is going into Kyrian as well for the same reason. <laughs> Yeah, holy shocking five things at once. Also, it when tanking, being able to use your shield on five things at once, because that's good for me because I use him to farm older content. Okay. And I use protection spec for that because Crusader's shield bounces all over the stuff. This is true. I would suspect that running into a big crowd and Crusader shielding five things and having all those things hit other things would be awesome for that so i'm i'm very much looking forward to that other than that i have literally no idea where any of my guys are going to go because i don't know and one of them is just going to go where the the best herbs are because it turns out what we found out this past week is one of the things you well over the past couple of weeks is you are going to be able to travel around whatever your covenant zone is easier so if one of the herbs ends up being really good then I'm going to have to make my gatherer that covenant no matter what just so I can get through (laughs) it. What are you going to do guys? The things people do if they want to make money. Let's talk about the news. We got three little pieces of news and the first one is that the alpha is over. It's now full-on beta in full swing. Full disclosure, neither of us have gotten our beta invite yet, but that's really just an inevitability because I think eventually everybody gets in. Yeah. But that's a big step. The fact that it is now fully in alpha, they are making updates almost every day, and the big streamers and YouTubers and podcasters are all seeing new content. Some of the YouTubers that I have found have already started doing really significant deep dives into all the professions and class changes and enemy types, etc. The data is getting out there. It's very interesting. So I will say that Dana and I will not be spoiling any story, story stuff, but 
but we are definitely going to be talking about mechanics as they tell us. And I'm excited. Have you seen any of the cool new stuff coming out of the beta this week, Dana? Not this week. I know over the weekend, I think I... I poked a little bit of stuff on different podcasts and YouTubes and whatever of people actually getting to play in the beta and everything, but I haven't really deep dived into um, different mob types and, you know, anything in the new raid or anything like that. I think I've seen like a couple tour guest runs, but that's about it. I'm really excited about the tour guest. Not going to lie. That is, I said it last time, I I grow ever more excited. It seems to be my thing. Also, the fact that I don't have to do a quest beforehand to gather resources to be able to do it just makes me so happy. I can just zone in, do the thing. It's going to be great. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, I'm very excited about the Torghast. So one of the things that we found out is the – so when you sign into a covenant, you get to make – you make these connect conduits, the soul binds with yeah. these, each faction or each, I can't say faction. Each covenant has three people that you can connect to. And that it essentially turns into a talent tree. And so you find these conduits, which, by the way, we still don't know where you find them. Okay. But you find these conduits and you put them in these various slots through the soul binds. What we found out is that these conduits actually level up. So a level one conduit is less powerful than a level 15 conduit. And that impacts the effectiveness of their abilities pretty significantly. That is both good and bad. One is it's kind of neat because it means there's some kind of progression. There's stuff to do. It's bad because 15 levels is a grind. Yeah. But this is a system we're going to be engaging with likely for the entirety of the expansion. It feels like this is the Azerite, you know, the Azerite traits yeah. or the essences that we'll be dealing with. Although yeah. were, were essences around in the beginning of Battle for Azeroth? It, it was. Um, are you talking about the ones that go into the necklace? Yeah. Um, I don't remember. That was a long time ago. Um, I know that. Uh, Azerite was always around, but it was very, very slow to accumulate. I feel like there was, to some degree, some essence stuff, but not in the level that it is now where we have like the major and the three minors. But it was definitely way slower going in the beginning. Yeah, now it's pretty fast. Oh, yeah. So the conduits, we know varying debates and opinions, obviously, because of the Internet. But Mm -hmm. which one is more effective? Which one, you know, and which way we would prefer? Do we prefer that you just get the conduit and it stays? I think a lot of it depends on how they level up. We're obviously going to find out more. This system is incomplete. Right now, you just get all the conduits from a vendor near in, in the capital city for a copper. Mm-hmm. Like that's how they control it, and it's in the beta. Yeah. But obviously, that's not how it's going to work. Uh, it'd be nice, but right. it's obviously going to be world quests or content, or maybe you'll unlock them through the renown system or whatever. So it'll be interesting to find out how that progresses and what we do. Yeah, my guess is that it'll be a little bit like how the essences came about with us, where like there's some that you get through PvP, there's some that you get through raid, there's some that you get through world quests and, you know, professions and stuff like that. Yeah, that's 
probably that, that's probably my guess too. And that that's fine. We'll figure it out. The reality is World of Warcraft is always going to be about grinds. That's what happens. Mm. That's what MMOs do. You do tedious things and the fun part is that you do it with your friends. That's yep. just defined what an MMO is in <laughs> 30 seconds. So that's the first big news. The alpha is done. The beta is here. That is a big news and we'll talk about that later on. But what that means is the release date is coming because we are mm-hmm. stomping forward towards the actual release of this expansion. So the next thing they did, and Dana, this is humorous to me because I'll be honest, I didn't know it was gone. Now, part of that was because I was gone for a decade, but they're adding back damage variants. Yeah. Which, which I never knew was gone. But I don't think I ever recognized that it was gone either. Like, I think there was maybe one or two times where I was fighting something and I was like, do we miss anymore? Is that a thing? Do they dodge? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's no dodge or parry or anything like that on yeah. weapons or, or on armor anymore. So, yeah, I so I read this news and I was like, what do you mean they're adding damage variants back? So for those listening, if you don't, aren't necessarily sure what damage variance is in simplest terms, it means if the ma- when I cast a spell, let's say I'm a damage dealer and I cast a fireball as my mage, there are a huge number of calculations that are done behind the scenes based on my stats, the spell I'm casting and various other effects like damage resistance, etc. from the enemy. There's a whole bunch of calculations on top of all that, they are adding in just a natural variance of sometimes the spell will do a little bit more, and sometimes the spell will do a little bit less. And then somewhere also is the calculation about whether or not the spell crits. And that's always been there. But sometimes, So sometimes you'll get really big, cool crits, and sometimes you will not. And I never knew that this was not there, partially because I don't really pay attention to my damage when I do damage, because when I do damage, it's generally meaningless. So I'm a healer. So I just didn't know. And so it was very interesting to see all the discussions sparking up, right? Because you, you looked too, Dana, and yeah. we were both like, I think y'all are overthinking this, because there were some people right? that literally freaked out about the adding damage variants back. Right. Like, that's been a thing for a long time. I think it's only been, what, the last two expansions or so that they've actually taken it out? That's my understanding. Yeah. And so I think I think y'all going to be okay. One of the biggest concerns was that it was a waste of development time <laughs> to make this happen. And I was like, they had like five people in a room doing some math. I doubt that there was that much that needed to get done. Right. It's just, it, you just take the code from it, you know, the loot variants and put it into the damage variants. It's, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's a little, I'm sure we, neither of us are developers. And I'm sure that it's a little more complicated than that. But it's not like they're just implementing damage variants. It was there before, so I'm sure right. that it's... So that's that's a thing. So your your DPS characters will do slightly more or less damage with every attack in the new expansion, or probably... I'm betting this will come with the pre-patch. Probably. The next thing is they added a whole bunch of models to the game, including a whole bunch of new battle pets. And I remember when, I don't know who it was, but someone linked all of them into our guild discord and Dana, it was like somebody just threw a pile of puppies in there because everybody was excited (laughs) because man, were some of these battle pets cute. Some of them are cute and some of them are a little grotesque, but I mean, sounds like this expansion. Oh yeah. 
but my favorite is definitely the jelly cat. So can you describe the jelly cat for our listeners? So if you just think if somebody were to take, you know, those childhood dinosaur bones that you can like chip out of a piece of sand and make a dinosaur skeleton, think of that but then take that and put it into a jello mold shaped like a cat and then animate it and you have yep. jelly kitten. Yep. It's gross. So the thing is that it's super cute, but I have kind of gotten to the point in my life where I think of what things actually are in this game because World of Warcraft is very abstracted because of how cartoony it is. Right? But a lot of the stuff we do is is mad gross. You know what I mean? Some of the monsters we fight are super disgusting. Oh, yeah. And you don't really think about it because everything looks all goofy and cartoony. But the jelly cat really kind of freaks me out because it really is just like this wet, nasty thing with bones in it. But we're like, oh, my goodness, it's so adorable. Personally, I like the squirrels. The squirrels are pretty cute, too. But what amuses me about the squirrels is that the squirrels are obviously going to be in the Fey Realm. I can't imagine that they're going to be, like, chilling in the undead place, although that would be funny. It would be. But but since they exist in the Night Fey, like in, in that area, that means that they were dead. So I like to imagine that these squirrels are the squirrels that just happened to get caught up in AOE. When people are like in fields and forests and just happen to get the critters. It's like when you're doing the world quest to fight that harebrained guy and you can't help but accidentally AOE a rabbit. Yeah. Everywhere. Speaking of which, this is a funny story, but I learned about the spell Barrage yesterday. Okay. So I have a hunter who is probably going to be like my second main now because who knew I like hunters? I do actually because I was used to main one. And uh, Barrage never existed. And when I leveled, no one told me to take Barrage because they're they're allergic to fun. And they told me to take this other ability, which I know is objectively better. But Was it Murder of Crows? No, it was the one that makes it so that when you do barbed shot, your pets stomp the ground and do a light AOE where they're meleeing. Okay. And that makes sense because it helps do it helps them generate threat so that because I never had mobs peel off of my gorillas, but because my pets are gorillas, I have Funky Kong and Cranky Kong as pets. I was trying to get leather, so I needed to farm it, and the normal farm that I would go to, which is where all the, the porcupines are, was thoroughly camped, and I couldn't get anywhere with that. So I just got and flew around, and I got to the top of this mountain that was just full of goats. And I was like, you know what? Murdered the goats? Yo. (laughs) Oh, no. Well, so here's what happens. I stood at the top of this mountain, and I was expecting to get, like, three or four. Mm -hmm. But something, I think, bugged because it basically turned what I thought was a circle around me into, like, a dome because I hit every goat on that mountain. And then, like, 25 goats just proceeded to chase me down around the mountain. And it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Cause also goats make really funny noises when you shoot at them. Cause, and they headbutt you and they were just bouncing me around. It was the funniest thing. But so I killed many small animals while just barraging things around trying to, sure. to kill these goats. 
So if, if you are interested in seeing what all these cute pet bottles are, you know, go to Wowhead and look them up. You'll see it. It is adorable. They added some other models to go along with it, including a new Sylvanas model and also models for like basic weapons, which I think are actually kind of subtly cool for anyone looking to do a transmog appearance that has basic weapons that are also detailed and cool because a lot of the more basic weapons are vanilla weapons whose models really haven't been updated in a very long time and maybe you want like a big hammer but you want it to be simple your previous options were you know even the unstoppable force which is the alterac valley weapon right like that was very small headed hammer that was back when weapons were really tiny they figured out that anime weapons are great now so bigger swords and axes and stuff like that that are less fantastic and more realistic i think are very cool and a lot of people are going to be very excited and i think there's a subset of people where this is their whole transmog theme now is just going for cool simplicity i'll probably do that on one of my characters too no doubt okay. so like this new hammer that's super simple is it like the harley quinn hammer Mm-mm. it just like, looks really like a hand it does have like a big head but the harley quinn hammer is not simple because it's black and white and has like you know well, but fair what it looks like is more like thor's hammer but without any of the extra details and no like lightning effects. It's just a wooden haft, big metal block, and maybe some simple design work. I mean, if you look them up, they are very cool, very simple, and I think that's what I really appreciate about it, but they're big okay. as opposed to tiny little things. So that's some of the news roundup. Obviously, there's going to be a lot coming. Now that the beta is in full swing, I would expect that the next episode we do, this new segment is going to be even longer because there's just going to be new stuff coming every week. And at some point, we're probably going to have to add a class to every episode so that we can get through all of them and just talk about all the changes and and stuff they're going through. Yeah. That's probably our uh, next big project. So now that we've talked about the news, let's move on to the first topic. Now, I freaked you out today. And I was very excited <laughs> because I said, hey, Dana, did you know that World of Warcraft was just rated in Brazil on the Xbox Series X? And you were like, what? <laughs> Tell me what went through your head when I told you that. So, well, first of all, I had to relearn what you meant by rated because I was like five stars. And you're like, no, like T for teen, dude. (laughs) And then I had a conversation with Barandor and everything. And I was kind of like, well, what, how... How is this even possible? Like, speaking as a healer, I need a lot of buttons. I need to be able to, like, target specific people. Like, am I going to just tab target 30 times over just to find the right person to heal them on time? Like, that just seems super inefficient. So I was just really trying to figure out how you have the button capabilities to do that on, like, a handheld console controller. Yeah. You said that. And I was like, I agree with all of these concerns. So a couple of things. This was an announcement that came out today. This is Monday where we're recording. Blizzard has since come out and said that this rating was a mistake. I think they're full of crap. (laughs) Because generally, ratings boards don't rate games they don't have to. Right. So I am... I think they're full of crap. 
at the very least, I think this is a inevitability at some point. So to answer some of your questions, and, and this is really we're, – we're being hypothetical here because I think it's fun. What would WoW look like on the Xbox Series X? So the first piece, anybody that's listening to this that isn't necessarily super familiar with you know console architecture, the new next generation consoles, the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, will definitely be able to run World of Warcraft. They are incredibly powerful machines, and World of Warcraft actually runs on some pretty low-powered devices. This is true. Okay, so what does World of Warcraft look like on a console? Again, hy- highly hypothetical. I think it's an inevitability, and I guess we can talk about that in a little bit, but here's what I think. The first one is for people who are listening to this that maybe are not super familiar with what the next-gen consoles are going to be, they are basically PCs. They're definitely going to be powerful enough to run World of Warcraft, and we know, you and I know, Dana, that World of Warcraft will run on some pretty old machines. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I used to run it on a really, really old, barely functional Dell from college and then a really old and very low processing MacBook. So these things are very powerful. And so, but for example, they're more powerful than the rig that I have right now uh, for PC and they can do things like ray tracing and 4k video output and stuff like that, which wow does not even come close to. I think we're a couple of years away from world of Warcraft really trying to do stuff like ray tracing and things like that. Although, WoW would look great with that. So graphics-wise, I'm not worried. The big piece, and you hit the nail on the head, Dana, when you talked about some of your concerns, is how would it control? Because a controller is just very different than a mouse and keyboard. So to that end, there's some workarounds. Number one, both the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X support keyboards and mouses. So technically, you can use mouse and keyboard when you want to. Uh, For me, the controller does not have, as far as my first thought was like the number of abilities you have to use. Right. But I also know that there are a number of games that solve for that in very interesting ways. And so you have the face buttons on most Xbox controllers. You you know, you'll have the, the four face buttons, but then you have triggers. And so what they do in say Dragon Age, for example, is you will, you'll map your buttons and you'll say my standard face buttons are one, two, three, and four. And then you can pull the right trigger and then it becomes five, six, seven, eight. And then maybe you pull the left trigger and it turns into nine, 10, 11, 12. And you could do the same thing with other button combinations as well, if you so chose. I think realistically, especially if I was playing casually, farming old content or just doing quests, I wouldn't need all my buttons. I probably could get away with four and just moving around. True. You make a really good point that in a raid, as a healer, targeting would be difficult because you really rely on being able to look at the raid frames and identify who needs to be healed. And, you know, sometimes person nine and person 25 are the people you need to change between. And that would take a long time if you were tab targeting with a bumper. So I don't know how they fix that (laughs) at all, but clearly smarter people than you and I will be working on that user interface problem. My oldest son, he actually heard this and he was like, well, then they would just have to have separate servers for console. 
because if everybody is on that same limitation, then everybody lives with it. And that just makes the difference. And I was like, you know what? You're probably right. Yeah, he's not wrong. My he's not. My concern with that is the advantage to bringing in all these console players is it would boost up numbers for some of these you know dead servers. You know, they're doing server, they're doing server merges, etc. Being able to add in like a new influx of players, even if it was only like a million across all the new consoles. I mean, a million players is a decent amount, right? So having them all populated on the same servers that PC players are on would be beneficial because more people may, you, you want the game to look more alive, right? Right. So... It'll be interesting to see what they say. Uh, I know, I mean, it's not going to influence our decision on what consoles we buy because I have a PC and that's primarily where I would play WoW. But I have a very strong feeling that some of my activities on a weekly basis, I would definitely do them on my television, you know? Yeah, I was actually going to say that. Like, you know, the only (laughs) thing that I would see that would be super beneficial for having something on a console would be you can throw WoW on a 70-inch flat screen. How awesome would those graphics look? Maybe. And it would also give kids who have consoles but don't have a rig that can actually play games an ability to play PC games. That is a big problem that a lot of folks have. World of Warcraft is inaccessible if you do not have a laptop or a computer because it doesn't play on mobile. Right. And as it probably shouldn't, although realistically there are some aspects of the game that can be played on mobile. And I appreciate that. Some of the war table stuff and things like that can be played through the app. But, you know, that's not the same. There's no World of Warcraft mobile version. Right. Although I feel like that's probably inevitable at some point, too. But the <laughs> we'll go VR first. Oh, my goodness. I would totally do that. This is going to be some totally Ready Player One stuff. <laughs> I would definitely do a VR version. Somebody's trying to mod it right now, I'm sure. So sure. it is currently inaccessible unless you have a laptop or a computer. And realistically, there's a huge portion of our country that maybe they have a computer, but it's a you know it's a work machine or it's something that primarily mom or dad uses for social media or maybe they you know for whatever reason, right? And so kids wouldn't be able to play on that, but everyone is conditioned more or less to let kids use consoles. Mm -hmm. So I could totally see it making sense. I mean, there's a, there's an untapped audience. The reality is world of Warcraft has mind share. People know what it is and it has a powerful brand and it is an objectively good game. And I'm saying that, and I'm comfortable saying that, even though, like, of course, I'm biased. I play it, and I make a content. You know, I'm a content creator, whatever. Objectively, it is a good game. And so having it accessible to more people is certainly attractive. So I'm sure they're figuring out a way. Yeah, I'm sure. And there already are user interface mods that will let you play with a controller on your PC. It's just a matter of kind of overcoming some of those architecture problems to and the control issues to bring it onto a console. Yeah. But like I said, there are certain activities that I do every week that I would 100% do on my television, like farming old content or world quests, things where I really don't need all of my buttons or, you know, I don't need to chat 
with anybody. I just want to go through and do my thing. I would 100% do that, especially if the game gave me the opportunity to plug in a mouse and keyboard and, you know, write up macros or, you know, do stuff like that to try and simplify it, you know? So it would be really interesting. Now, as we said, this is all hypothetical. Blizzard said that they have no plans at this time to release it on the Xbox Series X. I would like to say, I I will be the first to say on this podcast, I think they're full of crap because I think eventually it's going to happen. Maybe not this expansion, but soon. But we are, we know that it's going to have official controller support because it does support the adaptive controller, which is an Xbox One controller. I don't know if you're familiar with it, Dana, because you've been out of the console gaming space for a couple of years. The adaptive controller is literally like a big flat thing with these giant buttons and a bunch of plugs in the back to allow uh, disabled gamers to plug in all sorts of different stuff. So maybe, you know, maybe they only have one hand, so they need a different way to do button inputs with their, you know, right hand. Or maybe they need a like a blow attachment or something so they move it with their with their mouth mm-hmm. and you can just plug all that into the adaptive controller and so the adaptive controller will actually make wow playable for more people because they can use that controller and that's amazing that's you know being awesome. able to like like maybe you push your, I, I i will admit the idea of like you could push the I could theoretically push my heel button with my foot, theoretically, right? You put it on the floor and you can tap it with your foot because the buttons are massive. So anybody's curious what the Xbox adaptive controller looks like, go give that a look because they are super cool and they're pretty inexpensive. They're only like a hundred bucks. You need to get the attachments separately, but it's really not a bad deal uh, for what they are. So that is World of Warcraft on consoles. I'm really excited about it. It's going to be a wild ride. The next question, and Dana, I want to know your take on this. When do you think Shadowlands is coming out? We don't have an official date. We know it's in 2020. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a date? When do you think this thing is coming out? So I've actually been thinking. This is the part where we make a bet. (laughs) Okay. So my bet is that Shadowlands is coming out on November 10th. I have had plenty of expansions come out in or around my birthday and they usually come out on Tuesdays and it's usually about four months after beta goes live and beta went live on what? July 14th. That is correct. Which puts us at November 14th. And if you back it up to the Tuesday before, November 10th. You know what? Believe it or not, that's exactly what I was going to say. What kind of bet is this? I think, you know what? Here is the only thing that I think might throw a wrench in that. And this is literally it. That's right around the time the PlayStation 5 and Xbox One Series X are coming out. I think. So the real question becomes, does World of Warcraft care? I don't know. Now, admittedly, I'm shaking in my boots thinking of what it's going to be like for me as the manager of a website to cover the launch of new consoles and the launch of a World of Warcraft expansion at the same time. (laughs) Like, I... I'm shaking in my boots just thinking at the number of podcasts and videos I'm going to have to create. My head is spinning, but I agree. I think the 10th is the day. It makes perfect sense. It's right in that four-month window. It is before the holidays, which will be – which is important. The only caveat to that 
is about when season one would start because usually they start the game and you know they let everybody level up and usually like three to four weeks later they start season one of like the mythic season mm-hmm. that starting right before a holiday which would be a little bit much but I still think November 10th is the right day and they just fudge it. They just fudge it somehow. Yeah. I mean, they can always just push it out like because it's, it's launching right before two holidays that they just push the, the PVP train to January. They could totally do that. They totally could. So here we go. That is our official prediction. We think November 10th, we'd love to hear your predictions. Best thing to do. uh, You can tweet at us at EFG, LFG, PST, or you can find us, well, that's actually the best thing to do. Or you could actually email us because we have an email address, Dana. I don't know if I told oh. you that. But email address is EFGLFGPST at EngageFamilyGaming.com. And so you can send us your topic suggestions, questions, etc. Speaking of which, it's about time to wrap things up. Dana, would you believe me if I told you that this was episode three and we just did it? Man, this is, we're, we're kicking butt on these. Kicking butt. And it. let me tell you, as someone who is celebrating episode 228 next week of the Engaged Family Aiming podcast. Uh, Time flies when you are having fun. So, Dana, thank you very much for joining me this week. Everybody, thank you for joining Dana and I. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as the two of us enjoyed recording. Please, we encourage you to reach out to us on Twitter or to that email address with any suggestions for topics, questions, concerns, you know, etc. We will see you next week after the reset. But until then, have a great night. Bye.